0: Welcome to the AWP Podcast Series. This event was recorded at the 2015 AWP Conference in Minneapolis. The recording features Kevin Beecham, Dessa, Eric Lorbearer, Adrian Matika, and POS. You will now hear AWP Board of Trustees member Jill Crispin and Rain Taxi editor Eric Lorbearer provide introductions. can you hear me? Yeah. Thanks for your patience. My name is Jill Christman. I'm on the board of trustees, and I am so happy to have you here in Minneapolis, and specifically at this event, which is going to be awesome, Literature and Hip Hop, sponsored by Rain Taxi. So I'm housekeeping, so here's what you need to know. Silence the pesky cell phones, right? You can double check right now. If you're a cool kid and you want to be live tweeting or whatever, that's fine, but just do it in a respectful way. Refrain from flash photography during the presentation. Afterwards, you're gonna wanna know where to buy the books and CDs. You can do that near the info booth in the main lobby. And then if you want to get things signed, that'll be right outside this room. But be sure to give the performers about 15 minutes to get to the table, so you can make a line out there. And they will be there as soon as they can, waiting to meet you. So without further ado, Have a great time, and I would like to welcome the real introducer, Eric Lorber, editor of the Rain Taxi Review of Books. Thanks so much. Eric?
1: Thank you all for coming. Nice to see a a good crowd here. Uh, I'm Eric Lorber from Rain Taxi. This is Scott Parker, AKA The Synthesis. How come I don't have a rap name, Scott? (laughs) Got to work on that. We're really delighted to be presenting this investigation today. I hope you caught that. This is not a panel. This is not a performance. This is uh, something a little different, we hope. If you already know about Rain Taxi, I'm glad. Welcome back to AWP. If you don't, please get to know us. Uh, We're at booth 701 here in the book fair, and uh, we've got all sorts of good stuff, including good stuff by today's people here. So without further ado, I want to bring out my team of investigators. First up, an astonishing poet, author of Devil's Garden, Mixology, and The Big Smoke. He's won many awards. He deserves them all. Adrian Matika. one of the impresarios behind the Rhymesayers label. Rhymesayers is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, just like Rain Taxi, so we congratulate them. Also, a great DJ and a fantastic documentarian of all things hip-hop, Kevin Beecham. Writer and MC, she is well. She's she's a rain taxi author for one thing. I'm awfully proud of that. Her chapbook is a pound of steam. Her solo albums include parts of speech, and she's a member of the Doomtree Collective. Dessa. and one of the most titanic talents in in (laughs) (laughs) hip-hop, (laughs) P.O.S. We're going to try to get in the mood by starting this investigation with an invocation by Adrian Matika.
2: Peace, everybody. Can you hear me? Because I can hear me. This is a poem called Beatboxing that's in the Breakbeat Poets Anthology. (laughs) Playing to the home crowd, baby. It's dedicated to my guy, C. Lux, who was the other half of the rap group I was in in 1985, called the Two Fresh MCs. Beatboxing for C. Lux. That day, the breakers started trying to break, and somebody broke the radio while snatching a grocery sack from an old lady. That day the old lady's paper sack broke and Granny Smith's and dry noodles spilled on the street like words bottling a drunk's freestyle. Somebody laughed so hard it made a backbeat. That laugh loaned muscle instead of bringing the knuckle. Like a beat on a lunchroom table, that beat came. That beat huffed like a mad circle of knuckle ups. The rappers rapped when that cough huffed up. The breakers broke when that gruff grumble versed up. It breathed deep like somebody else's crushing dactylic and huffed hexameter where the hand clap should be. That breathing beat ciphered gunshots into a Kangol dialectic indeed empty grocery sack between hand claps old lady's wig tilted between back slaps out of breath this beast rested like a lone shark on thursday waiting for a friday payday nobody breathed as this beat made metronomes from breaths the old lady went inside and nobody breathed as a green apple rolled to a bruising stop the last beatless day in our neighborhood ever the last circle of box bins before cops siren the block like it was odysseus
1: All right. Thank you, Adrian. We're going to come back to some of those Huff Texameters a little bit later. I want to start off with a question for Kevin. You know, As, as part of the Minneapolis scene here, I, I'm one of the people who knows about and is getting super excited about a book you're working on, Microphone Mathematics, which uh, is going to be really awesome. So I, I, as far as I know, there's no one who knows more about this shit than you do. Tell us about the roots of hip-hop lyricism.
3: Um, Uh, Well, I think there's one of those things that there's a lot of different entry points you can look at, you know, when you talk about that because, you know, one of the challenges with hip-hop history is how early on a lot of it was documented for people outside the culture rather than inside the culture, and so a lot of things that got popularized and became the story were not necessarily the things that were meant to be the story. And so, like, it's been years and years of kind of going back and, like, people on the inside who were the pioneers and true creators kind of rewriting that story to kind of tell it from their side. You know, so, like, by that I mean a lot of times you hear people talk about, you know, what influenced the MC in hip-hop. And a lot of things that come up are things that definitely did in some ways but not always directly. Like, people make the association that Cool Hurt, considered the, you know, the father of hip-hop, was from Jamaica, so that must have been came directly from what they were doing in Jamaica influence, chatting influenced rapping, which it probably did to some degree. But you know, you also have that, where did the chatting come from? You know, people in Jamaica could get low, you know, frequency of radio from the East Coast, from Miami and parts of New York. They were hearing soul jocks on the radio who were playing the soul records who actually influenced the rappers in New York. So it's like this circle of things that, and so these different points of what actually influenced the writing. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things that um, you can look at many different angles of how that came to be, how we know rap now.
1: Yeah, and did those influences, did they de- as hip-hop developed, did they develop with it? I mean, I know you've got chapters on kind of the, some of the tributaries, gangster rap, conscious rap. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, are they bringing in different kinds of influences as those develop?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that a lot of times um, you know and and those things particularly that you mentioned a lot of that is once again those were labels that got a lot of time labeled from media like let's call this gangster rap you know let's call this conscious rap and those labels in some ways they're good at defining things but they're also problems in other ways like one problem for sure well I guess works both ways but with conscious rap you very rarely find someone labeled conscious rap which is meant to mean positive that's completely that's all they do they have like you know, what is that extent? Yeah, they might have very uh, strong political background, but maybe they're also very misogynistic. You know, or they might have these different contrasts. So I think that labeling someone as a conscious rapper is a very limiting, um, and, not all, and usually not accurate label. So I think these things did evolve and change over time, but you know, it's very it's, it's really tricky to label those things, like label one person or label, label one kind of hip hop as this thing, it gets, it gets dicey.
1: Yeah. One of the things I think links hip-hop and poetry especially is the sense for a lot of audience that there's a coded language uh, at work. Um, how do you see coded language popping up in hip-hop?
3: Oh, I mean, that's, that's what I'm probably the most passionate about. Like, from the moment I first discovered hip-hop, it was all about, mostly about the words, especially as it went on and on. And like, you know, so I'm always looking to find those coded language and different like you know you know there's still things like that people who take the time to write some even if it's a basic subject but find a way to say it in a different way that's what i look for um there's a guy from the west coast dell he has a line he says find a new way to say whatever's clever like i'm going to say these very basic themes but find ways to say it that no one has said before to do it so if you're going to write about anything the subject, you can do anything, but can you say it different than the person that same subject than you is you know what I look for. You find a lot of that in hip hop, if you look for it, for sure. Yeah, Adrian, do you concur as a poet?
2: Yeah, no, I was, when Kevin, when you were saying that, I I was thinking about that coding, right? The whole thing about poetry, at least it makes it difficult for some of us when we first start to read it, is it's encoded with this literary bent and these tropes and these different ideologies that have been passed in Western lit, right? And if you know those things, then it all makes sense and it opens itself up on some level. I mean, rap works the same way. There's a, a different kind of language involved. There's a different kind of a, a set of illusions and frames of reference. And once you have that coding, once you understand those frames of references, it can often open itself up in really gorgeous ways. Right?
3: Yeah, for sure. That kind of builds on one of the chapters in my book. Um, it's called Understanding Lyricism. And it talks about how there's different things that if you don't have certain information about, it won't make sense to you. Like, and that can be, you think, even like a regional slang or regional dialect. Like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, in the, in the early 80s, listening to hip hop, I didn't know much about New York. I liked the music. So when they would say certain things, like, for example, there's a group called The Crash Crew, and their DJ's called Daryl C. His name is Daryl, last name Callaway or something like that. But the way they pronounced it in their East Coast slang or dialect, it sounds like they were saying Dow. They said Dow. So I thought it was D-A-L-C. So I always called him DJ Dow C. Mm. I learned like 10 years <laughs> later when I was corrected on the Internet. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I just didn't understand the way they pronounce things in New York. So there's these things if you don't know certain regional dialect. Like for me, I don't know a lot about sports. So I miss sports references in rap all the time. I'm like, oh, a name. That must be a sports guy. I don't get that one. (laughs) (laughs) So stuff like that. So it depends on what you know before you even hear the song, what you'll get out of it in a lot of cases.
1: In the literary field, we tend to try to solve a lot of this stuff with footnotes. (laughs) What's the strategy for rap? Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I want to show the audience a slide. Actually, Adrian pointed this um, awesome infographic out to me. And I just want to talk a little bit about word use oh, in yeah. rap uh, Some of you probably know this. Uh, we were saying this is probably the infographic of the year. You know. yeah. But uh, Adrian, do you, do you want to just tell uh, the folks about this? Well, I just want to point out, how far over to the
2: awesome side the Wu-Tang Clan is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you look at this, the idea is, it's about vocabulary and word usage, and it goes from the, the left to the right. So the left side, you use fewer words the right side. I can't see how, uh, how pronounced that is up there, but I guess it's up there. So the further to the, to the right you get over there where you, know, you see a Wu in a big cluster, that's, that side is the, the, the people who are uh, assumed to have the largest vocabularies and the most diverse understanding of uh, linguistics based on the, uh, the setup that this particular person used.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we have a close-up, right, Scott? There we go. So Shakespeare would be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, and
2: you see Doom's right there with Shakespeare, too. He's right past him, so that's, oh. a, that's good living <laughs> right there. Is
4: right? DMX is like...
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's lots all of, by himself too. A <laughs> He's all alone There's like nobody else over there on that end with him. I thought too short of somebody would be down there Alright, all
1: right, did you guys want to chime in on this topic Or should we move on?
2: <laughs> well, I mean yeah.
4: I think that lyrics and poetry Just are essentially the same thing when it, With rap it, Not necessarily with all rap And not necessarily with all rock music especially But good stuff to me is like you were saying you find a way to say something relatable but say it in a way that nobody else has said it before you know and that's that was the first thing that was cool about poetry that was the first thing to me anyway that was the first thing that was cool about rap and that's still what's good in good fiction to me is like you know having somebody explain something as simple as somebody that was a lot of s's sorry uh (laughs) getting up and leaving a room but Saying it in a million different beautiful or horrible or mean or happy or whatever ways—that's that's the cool part about writing.
5: I, I my um my high school years were not very cokey, and I remember, <laughs> what? <laughs> Just wait for it, and uh, <laughs> and I was reading some rap lyrics <laughs> without the accompanying audio. <laughs> my mom. Was a Shakespearean scholar, so I spent like my teenage years like high on marijuana and like reading um, Othello like dramatically by myself in the basement. And I saw this lyric, and I was like, "What's a brick of ye? It's a fucking brick of yay." <laughs> but in my universe, my frame of reference was way more way more Shakespearean than it was cocainey, and um, yeah, so different different references different strokes.
6: Right.
1: Well, you, your home training may have you a leg up on the other folks, but we're going <laughs> to play a little game. We sort of thought we'd do part talk show part game show. Hope that's okay. We combed through some of our favorite poems, favorite lyrics, favorite rap songs and pulled some uh, verses and took off the names. So we thought we'd uh, we thought we'd just do a couple of rounds here and see if, you know, See if we can just take a guess. So Scott's going to cue him up and read him. And uh, Steph, you're up first. Yeah. <gasps> oh, oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's never going to work. <laughs>
6: I start to think, and then I sink into the paper like I was ink.
4: Oh, it, sounds like, it sounds like some classic rap right there. Is that some Rakim, probably? Yeah. If I was going to get that wrong, Kevin Beachum <laughs> would be mad at me.
3: I was going to leave the panel.
1: <laughs> I'm out <laughs> <laughs>
2: to store out.
1: We, we don't have sound effects, but he's got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do it up. Next are, one. Are we going to
6: say who it was? Oh, he said it's... Rakim.
3: It's Rakim? Oh, you, yeah, yeah, Rakim. Yeah. Yeah. I know you
6: got Soul, the song. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so if we team up, All right, next one's happy. for Death. Yeah.
6: Never met her before, but I think I like her like a metaphor. <laughs>
4: That's actually kind of clever. <laughs> it is. It's a meta
5: metaphor, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say rap. Rap? Yeah, a song. <laughs> rap. Yeah, that's it. all right. That's the, the two race. for two.
1: That's uh, the answer. Why f- are you making that face, man? <laughs> the, the answer. Beyond hey, beyond. Hey, beyond.
4: Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! It's <laughs> rapper poetry. Yeah, I just yeah, thought, what called. rapper are we talking yeah, about here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that. <laughs> 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 we're not. That would be hard, actually. But uh, yeah, Lupe
6: Fiasco. Yeah, that's
1: uh, yeah, Next one, Kevin.
4: Oh,
6: Once the sun, a long blade, divided what was home from now. <laughs> uh, not
3: rap? <laughs> <laughs> I guess
1: this game's easier than I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, give it up. That's a couple of lines by Claudia Rankine. Okay. So, pretty cool, yeah. <laughs>
2: All right.
6: I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man, the fellows stand or fall down on their knees.
2: Wow. I think it's rap. Oh.
1: Maya Angelou.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's rap. That's (laughs) rap. He's sticking with his answer. And he's still correct.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stay with rap. One more rap. Another rap.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, all right. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
6: Crack mothers, crack babies, and AIDS patients. <laughs> Young buds can't spell, but they could rock right. you in PlayStation.
4: Yeah. Is it that you know, most dev F- song about water?
1: <laughs> we can't put anything by POS, apparently.
4: <laughs> well, that's you can, right. You could probably put some poetry past
1: me.
6: <laughs> but, so, yeah, we're going to play this till you lose. But, uh, <laughs> all right,
1: Dessa. Kay.
6: He knows why the ant engineers a gangster's funeral, garish and perfectly amber. That's not rap. Let's read a dove.
1: Yeah, okay. Just I say garish funeral. in
4: my verses?
6: Okay. <laughs> this is why I go down. I got this killer up inside of me. I can't talk to my mother, so I talk to my diary.
3: <laughs> rap. <laughs>
1: rap? Yeah. 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 yeah no, <laughs> oh, answer, oh right? I have the answer sheet. <laughs> Do we all agree yeah, it's rap? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: I stand beside him waiting, but he doesn't look up, and I squeeze the rod, raise it, his skull splits open.
2: Is it my turn? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I, only, I only answer rap, but that doesn't seem like rap. No, it's your turn. Yeah, so that's poetry?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I. I was trying to figure out who it is. Yeah, I. <laughs> AI? Um, yeah. Is that how you said oh, yeah. Also, yeah, we don't I
2: have know. indent
5: buttons in rap yeah. music. Yeah, and it, yeah, it kind of helps, doesn't it? it just, yeah. We have a smaller yeah. keyboard. That was just so
1: the audience could read it. Gotcha. Yeah, I should have said that. <laughs> All right, let's do one more round, come on, because I've got to see if we can stump Steph. <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm sure that you can.
6: I can mingle with the stars and throw a party on Mars. I'm a prisoner locked up behind Xanax bars.
4: I mean, that's gotta be rap. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Well, the sad Lil Wayne song. <laughs> it's, yeah, the, the one little, where yeah. he's like, it's hard to be on drugs all the time.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: the rage I release on a page is like a demon unleashed in a cage.
1: Rap. Eminem. Mm-hmm. You're quick, you decide. to know a decision.
6: What you know about my ice flight we go tell you figure Harajuku thoughts, not rap.
1: Uh, it's rap. Yeah, I know. We, have to, we might it. have to go to the judges. But it's, uh, well, I found it in a poem by Latasha and Nevada Diggs. Oh. So did but Mickey she does bite? sample an awful well, lot. Oh, she quoted it. Yeah, oh, we'll, have to, we'll have our judges get back from, to I you. I was from from thinking twerk, from Nikita yeah. Minaj the book 20 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Good and team one teams. more for Adrian.
6: Racism and greed keep the people in need. From getting what's rightfully theirs, cheating, stealing, and double dealing as they exploit the people's fears. That
2: sounds like Gil Scott-Heron or something. Yeah. That sounds. A- so I think that that one could be either one. Is it? Is it Gil Scott? Sorry. I is that you. Gil Scott-Heron? Is that who it is? Oh, <laughs> am I supposed to say rap or poetry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like the I'm like the dimmest bulb up here. I'm like oh, I'm <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah, figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Is it B? Is it is poetry? I mean, it's rap music, but it's poetry, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually think you're right. We we threw that one in a ringer because it's by the last poets. Yeah.
2: See, so it sounded like I was fronting, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the
4: last poets are like rappers that only rhyme when they want to. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: other poets do that too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, not, but not
4: rappers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Except for there's. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: Other Thanks for playing. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wasn't keeping score, so I think yeah. they all won. It, yeah. me- well, I yeah. think we, we yeah. made it, so that's got to count for something. So the other thing we, we get into a lot in, in the poetry game is interpretation, exegesis. exegesis. Mm. I
4: like uh, that. <laughs> you like that? I like
1: both pronunciations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because the, the site Genius, which was rap genius was originally Rap Exegesis, but no one could pronounce it, so they changed it to Rap Genius. Uh, We've been talking a little bit about Rap Genius because there's some pretty hilarious comments about some of your tunes. We took some screenshots, and we're going to invite you to uh, take the mic. you got a monitor there, and uh, walk us through some of this stuff. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: So I was going through Rap Genius once just for fun, because I hadn't looked at it in forever, and I had never looked at my lyrics, so I was going through it. It's amazing, amazing how wrong some of the lyrics are, and then it's really easy for me to just go there and be like, hey, these lyrics are wrong. I'm going to correct this stuff, but there's some really old songs on there where people have, dire- you know, they've pulled their own meaning into words, whether the words are written down wrong. They thought I said something entirely different. Whatever they've made out of that, I, you know, I can't do anything about it. I feel like... As an adult rapper, once you write a song and put it out, it's out, it's not yours, you know, That's whatever. So who really listens, precision with a verse draws a crowd um, is, a, is the actual line that's really there. The comment says, a commentary on the fact that most people don't understand the meaning behind the words. They're only interested in the rhymes and whether or not it sounds good. That's, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's that's cool and that's fine but I was being way more just bragging just straight up just like I am sharp on the page and therefore people will come to my shows. <laughs> you know? I feel people can can really make stuff work a lot cooler than I intended is what I'm saying. What do we got next? Oh, yeah, this is a great example. But so happy to be alive. Is a fragment of four bars and they decided that they are just gonna take this one. Right? <laughs> the whole line goes, I'm looking through dirty lenses, but so happy to be alive that death thinks I would ruin the vibe, right? They say, oh, I have a screen right here. Here POS rejoices in the tremendous happiness he feels simply by being alive. <laughs> this happiness remains with him despite looking through dirty lenses, which can be read as a metaphor for the pessimistic worldview one has when depressed. I got a really good way of explaining this. Can you see that these are gray and you can't see through them? That's, that's all I meant is I was actually looking out through my dirty glasses. And I am really happy to be alive. That's, that's, yeah. choose to stop us bad news maracas okay <laughs> <laughs> can't choose to stop us We some bad news maracas another rap brag pretty solid um there's no putting them down they're gonna keep going until death <laughs> I, I don't know where Obviously. that came from i was thinking like if you watch like an old Gunsmoke type show and the bad guys show up on the scene it's like <laughs> that's that's all i meant by that <laughs> Oh, this one, okay. The only temper is cold probably because I only listened to everything that they told. We critical, kicking thermometers hot. This is a perfect example of somebody who has taken something that I said. uh, We're critical, kicking thermometers hot. (laughs) And it doesn't really make that much sense. In the context of a song, it's at the end of the song. I'm rapping really fast. I'm like, just trying to sum up everything I've said in this whole song. And this is what this guy has These lines suggest an interesting relationship Between critical thinking and temperament (laughs) Those who don't critically think And do what they are told Behave coldly Or dispassionately Careless about what is happening in the world around them Those who do not critically think Got thermometers hot (laughs) Which suggests That they're angry, agitated Or (laughs) energetic (laughs) These oh, lines shoot. echo the popular <laughs> phrase, if you're not pissed off, you're not paying attention. I mean, I guess. <laughs> that's, honestly, most of what he says in that paragraph is true. That's how I think about things, and that's cool. I don't pull that from that line at all. But again, I'm not going to fault somebody. That's what poetry is all about. <laughs> there might be one more, right? Yeah. Ah, I just thought the culture. Oh, yeah, this one was my favorite when I was going through. Um, uh, him could kidding Malcolm X from the last line Yeah, the line before this Is looking out the window like Malcolm There's a super There's like two photos of Malcolm X That people remember, right? One where he's like And one where he's like And he's like looking out the window And he's got an AK or whatever gun Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just when I thought this culture was open They go and doubt him Again, we're, it's just me Being a rapper, talking about me But since the line before it was about Malcolm X, somebody was like, well, him could be Malcolm X from the last line. With that interpretation, it's a comment on continuing racism in our culture and the lack of respect frequently shown to Malcolm X as opposed to MLK, which is a great song all by itself, and somebody should tackle that shit. But that is not (laughs) what I'm doing at all. I I was making reference to Malcolm X just in the... I don't know the right word to use to explain it, but just giving you the imagery of, you know how that guy, that revolutionary, was standing at the window with his gun? That's how I'm feeling right now. And then I moved on to the next line. (laughs) This is somebody else's interpretation of the next line, and it's truly better than the one I wrote. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Wagging on him. Reference to the wag movement in the Minneapolis underground rap scene. You guys ever heard of that? All right, then. that's <laughs> Yeah, but you live here. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I mean. I just included it because I like this picture a lot and this little kid holding the wag sign. <laughs> 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 this is one of my favorite parts about rap genius or genius. If you look up any lyrics from any song, you're going to find somebody that comes into it like this. <laughs> this right here is an ad lib in the song between a, a chorus and then a louder version of the same chorus i'm just like i ain't kidding i got this brick in my and then i just keep going <laughs> he just breaks it down i wish that i that i said this is a r- rhetorical flourish i have the means <laughs> i am ready to embark on the struggle to overthrow this rod system <laughs> and, While sometimes I feel like that's true, I feel like that would be an awesome ad-lib in a song. (laughs) And I feel like I have to say, sometime in the middle of a verse, this isn't (laughs) rhetorical flourish. (laughs) I mean it, (laughs) y'all. And it's hot too, that's it. That's good. (laughs) It's good, this was actually an inside joke. We were on tour. We all had watched Pootie Tang, it's a movie. In that movie, one guy's always making a point and then his buddy's always making the exact same point right after, like, man, it's hot outside. And it's hot too, right? (laughs) Direct quote from the movie, I just put that in there because I like the movie Pootie Tang. There might be one more. Uh, Oh, okay, cool. No meals worth mentioning, all unsettling. is another way where somebody (laughs) has Taking a line, and uh, (laughs) this is likely a reference to strange ingredients in the food we eat. Whether it's flavor enhancers like MSG, genetically modified livestock, produce, all that weird shit is enough to make someone feel sick. (laughs) And that's that's really true. But this is just taken so out of context. The line before this is celebrity-fed no meals worth mentioning, all unsettling. Essentially, like, I'm commenting in the, in, in the song, I'm commenting on how, you know, a lot of us spend a lot of time obsessing about people we don't know, who are cool for reasons we don't really understand, and instead of focusing on our friends and, you know, like, the good life we get from talking to people we actually care about will, like, dive into Us Weekly or whatever and worry about what those guys are doing. And I find that to be... Unsettling. If all you're eating is celebrity culture, you're probably not super healthy. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not talking about flavor enhancers or MSG. (laughs) Again, a song someone should tackle, but I did not with this one.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Oh
4: yeah, let's Let's skip. This one's yeah. Big fish, bigger hooks. Yep. I meant it. (laughs) Just like that. Just a line. It's a passing line in the song. Big fish, bigger hooks. What do you think about? you know i think that's a cool image this accepted comment that a genius annotated is meaning that the more your tolerance grows the more you need to find you need to feel the thrill as with many things like drugs love and fun as per the hook this is, this is also a reference to the hook as part of the music the bigger you are the bigger your names will have on your hooks that's talking about the music industry which i almost never do in my music and i don't know man I think the ultimate point of talking about this genius and rap genius stuff is the fact that, you know, whatever you write, after it leaves you, it's just not yours. People can interpret it how they want, and it's so tempting to go to this website and go through, you know, 10 years of my music and fix the lyrics, first of all, and then comment (laughs) on these comments, like, actually, this is what I meant, but I kind of feel like that would be taking the fun out of it.
1: Thank you. That's great. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so be careful when you analyze poetry. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the remix, but in poetry, little, a little rarer than in rap. It's a form, though, that uh, my man Adrian knows how to do. Can you lay on us maybe the uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the Doom remix? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so Kevin Young... Remixed to Repel Ghosts, and I stole that idea from him. So I'm just He's here. He's not in this room, but he's somewhere, so I'm not going to pretend like I made it up. Wait a minute. If he's not in here, I'm going to act like I made it up. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Take back what I said. This is a poem called Wheels of Steel, and it's a, a persona poem in the voice of the turntables, and it, it's in uh, mixology with a lot of different samples, and I rewrote it just to, to quote Doom because he's one of my favorite rappers. So... Wheels of Steel, Metal Face Villain Mix. I got me two songs instead of eyes, all swollen and blacked out like the day after a lost fight. Two chop saws spinning, buzzing the backdrop for wood shop, MC, bar mitzvah, or after set. I read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? I spun wheels of steel so it, with broke wheel big wheels. So it's shined up rim, still spinning while the ride stops. Dubs kind of grind like me in their perpetuity because a little grease always keeps the wheels a-spinning, like sitting on 23s to keep the squealers grinning. I'm like the Wizard of Oz if Oz was a fish fry in July. Call me master of the cracked fingers. One song spins forward, the other back to repeat itself. Do-do-do-do-do, that's the audio daily double. Do-do-do-do-do, that's the audio daily. Baby, I'm the layaway payment on a Ferris wheel. My, orbit, my songs orbit parking lots and rent parties like the crazy lady's eyes once she finds out her lover man's already left. She's like tripping off the beat, kinda dripping off the meat, grinded, tripping off the beat, kinda. Tripping off my song, spinning backwards while the other plays forward like sugar, mixing in to make the grape. These, my joints are the pinwheels in this parade of moon rocks and up rocks. I'm like, hi there, y'all play the rear? This whole year, my year. This whole year, my year.
1: <laughs>
2: I just realized I didn't say how many like that whole thing, like half of it's samples I should have probably mentioned that
1: Yeah, yeah, well that's, I mean and and you uh, you already talked about um, uh, you know, chiming in on, on Kevin Young's concept there but uh, maybe in a way well, first of all, because I'm also a fan of MF Doom uh, what, what draws you to his, his stuff and, and how did you, in, you know, choose what to integrate into that poem that you already had written?
2: Well, I, it's not exciting to talk about the integration of it, because I just was looking for things that would fit the, <laughs> the narrative that was already there. But, I mean, Doom, I think, is fascinating, because all MCs uh, have persona, right? Like, they all have these onstage personas, the names change the whole thing, but Doom's got, like, eight of them. So, the, you know, he, and he, so he continually is playing with this idea of persona and this idea of the different versions of ourselves. I know Eminem did the same thing through, you know, with Slim Shady and, and uh, Marshall Mathers and everyone. But Doom has, but there's Doom. There's Victor Vaughn, who's Doom before that. Then there's King Ghidorah, the intergalactic space monster who comes to destroy rap music. And then there's somebody else too. I'm missing another one. Um, but anyway, there are all these different ones and it's, that, that really interest me in the way that you can change your point of view by changing the persona that's m- looking at it,
1: right? Right, it also kind of uh, seems to connect to the very fact, I mean, we have two people here who are self-named, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little more common in the, in the rap world than in yeah. the poetry world, but you know, it has obviously a historical, historical roots, I mean, yeah. um, do you want to talk, do you have a, what, what's your self-name, do you have one? Okay,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, (laughs) there's the tough guy that that, you know. We are going to read this poem. That guy, that guy's name's Stan. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. Now you know, I I mean, I think about persona as an as a a creative mechanism. Feels to me like Doom did the same thing. I mean, he went far out though. You know, he's got this guy, MF Doom. If you all don't know him, has a a mask, a Doctor Doom mask that he wears. He never shows his face, so he uh, he sort of embodies the idea of persona like a character in a movie. And so that, to me, like to go to that extreme, to find the new kind of language, to find a new point of view and a perspective, is is what I value in it so much. He's
4: he's one of my favorites too, for all kinds of reasons. Lyrically, there aren't too many rappers that I can listen to that don't have choruses in their songs, but still have like ultimate replay value because every other thing he says is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me commenting on him and, you know, putting all the things that, you know, deciding that you're going to be a supervillain, putting all the things, okay, some context. MF Doom is a dude who had a rap career and then it stopped. And then years and years later, he showed up as like an old dude in the game with a mask on acting like a villain, like a (laughs) supervillain. And then he talks about how he hates playing shows, talks about how he hates rap, hates rappers, just trying to get some money, all this stuff. And then he puts that into practice in real life, like, I hate playing shows, how can I get paid for this show without playing a show? (laughs) I will stage a fight between me and my hype man after we get paid, and we'll play like half a song, and then we'll just like dip out the front because we're in a fist fight. So everybody's pissed because he didn't play the show that he said he's going to play, but in his songs, he's like... I'm not going to play that show. (laughs) I don't like playing shows, you know? And then anybody that, like, goes for it, they're like, this guy's hot, he's really good, just haven't been listening to the lyrics. He's not, he's just the embodiment (laughs) of somebody who decided he was going to be this dude, and then is that dude, you know? The
1: the other thing I wanted to, especially in terms of what you're talking about, is the the whole embrace of comic book culture, um, Mm -hmm. which uh, much like hip-hop has been growing in literary respectability, you know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, Kevin, you, you might have some insight into that.
3: Yeah, I remember, yeah. like, years ago, I used to do a radio show in Chicago that was, like, a, sort of an educational hip-hop show where I would examine different things, and me being a comic book nerd, I guess you would say, I noticed that happening a lot in the, in the 90s, so I did a whole radio show. I did research and trying to find every quote I could in a rap song about a comic book and made a whole, like, have this massive spreadsheet that has every comic quote that you can think of on uh, a rap song. And um, yeah, so it was like a, a thing. And I think even a lot of times there were songs people didn't even realize were, like there's a song about Organized Confusion. Um, it's called Releasing Hypnotical Gases. And you know, one verse, um, Pharaoh Monch is rapping about like all these metaphors about the war in Iran at the time. But then there's a verse by Prince Po where he's kind of framing it in the same way every other line is an obscure comic book character reference. And I don't think people hardly ever caught it, but he's talking about, because he's, he's using the characters' real names, not their comic book names. And he's doing all these references, and it's like the whole verse is all about these different things. And sometimes the characters too, but it's just like he was finding different ways to do it. And I noticed like the early reference to comic books in hip-hop were mostly DC references, and that was because of the popularity of the TV shows and movies, not the comic books themselves. They were, like, Superman and Batman because of the TV show and the Superman movie and the Super Mm -hmm. Friends cartoon. Marvel came a little later and got popular, like, in the 90s, and that, like, took over. And then, like, you find, like, all these great references. And those are my favorite ones Like people, like, can talk about certain superheroes or villains' powers. They use it to a metaphor to their lyric. Yeah, it's it's, it's some cool stuff. It fits, Yeah. yeah.
1: Just getting back to why, why I was dying to hear Adrian's remix because something I think that you really do in that poem and in mixology in general is really honoring the, the lyricism, you know, and to the point of like really, you know, citing it. Another thing that hip hop does really well, I think, is the lyric video, which I see is really a tribute to the actual words so I wanted to show you all one of my uh, favorite lyric videos well a video of one of my favorite lyrics let's put it that way can we cue that up and it's by someone on the stage
7: You drink and you sit, easy to please but hard to impress I'm in a mood, new shoes and a bulletproof dress Sugar on the rim and a shot on the scale Man, it's murder in the morning but it's good for morale Can you mortem more? To more? Looks like you're with both hands Get yeah, the spirit level of the skeleton won't stand Fuck the plan, man, I'm trying to call an auto probable lost cause, but I gotta think for long shots Yes, yes, they say it's got the wrong job Best bet when you think they got the wrong odds And I've done some living in a glass house I know who the motherfucker was of And I sleep with both eyes open, standing up, alone and holding up the rest. And I'm still living by my maiden name, the name I came with, and in my maiden, I'm barefaced. That's your masquerade, for the flasker, before I came, because night falls. We all want to hear that fight song, call them like a nylon, right song. Time's right, but the clock's wrong, never set it, never seven in the time zone. Take what I need. Break for rain, for brace, for whiskey Some in the tank, money in the bank, homing in the wind We give a little thanks, give a little back, busy with the grand plan Take one last look, at the band wagon for a band book To break out, you gotta give up the chase To make love, you gotta take off the brace And we all leave it feeling half done Best you can do is just put a hand up Hope, race, some good works in the end add up Find out when the pendulum hangs pop.
1: So, first of all, uh, amazing lyric, right? What are your most, I would say, impressionistic? I mean, so many of your, your songs are more story-based. Um, and this one definitely is persona-based. I mean, that's a, there's a real character there. But how did you develop this lyric?
5: I, um, I first got the beat from uh, one of the Doom Tree producers, and I liked it a lot. And I was like, I would, this does not sound like a beat that I would ever rap on. I do a lot of stuff that's more like organic sounding, you know, with strings and pianos and stuff. I was like, how, you know, I, I want to do this one. This is like a little, like the sounds themselves are a little dancier, even if it's not like a dance track, you know, they're really synthy. And um, it felt kind of dystopian, so I knew I wanted to like operate in that universe. And then uh, I was sort of thinking about the Beatles song. Oh, what's the name of it? It's off the white album, but it's like, Told he's got the water. Help. I don't listen to the Beatles. What is it? You don't listen to the Beatles? Is that what you just said? Head down to his knees got to be something something, you can feel his disease. Come together with me, yeah. yeah. Come together. <laughs> and that lyric makes almost no sense at all. Right. But it's like a really strong set of impressions. And So I, I wanted to try to do something like that. And then I borrow a lot from I borrow a lot from, uh, from conversations like our little bits of overheard speech, you know. So my dad when he was building stuff in the garage, you know, when he got the engine working, he'd say, well, it's running like a nylon. (laughs) And it felt hokey then, but I liked the pun, you know? So I was like, okay, I took that. And then uh, in a breakup once, some dude was like, we might not be lifelong lovers, but we can be part-time criminals. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's awesome and so I took that.
1: Still breaking up with you, but I'm stealing that. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. (laughs) so we're not dating, or we are dating. We're not dating. Um, We're not, but I'm going to write that in a song. Yeah, so like a lot of little pieces that felt like even if there wasn't a narrative to be built, they were all sort of like little mirror fragments that faced in the same general direction, you know?
1: Yeah, and I know the answer, but I kind of want to point out, you know, that the title Warsaw never appears in the Peace, so you want to tell folks why it's called Warsaw?
5: I was emailing um, yesterday with the engineer and producer with whom Doomtree works most regularly and his name is Joe Mabbitt and he works at a spot called The Hideaway. So I had recorded that song with him and we were trying to figure out (laughs) what the title should be. I had a couple of ideas, Joe had some ideas and Laserbeak, our cohort in Doomtree, who executive produced that record, had some ideas. And the two ideas that came from Joe made no blessed sense to me. Because he was like, what about Warsaw? And I was like, why the hell would I name this song Warsaw? And because right before the instrumental break in the middle, I say, "Um, I've done some living in a glass house. I not do the motherfucker walls. uh, Warsaw was what he heard (laughs) instead of walls off. And I was like, that's not a cool line (laughs) at all. First of all, should I re-record it? And then Laserbeak's suggestion was, you should call it bear face. <laughs> bear face.
4: <laughs>
5: what the hell are you talking about? Because I say bear faced at your masquerade, and he thought I meant like I have the face of a bear.
4: <laughs> He's always jumping right Why to animals. Why does he always so?
5: think that stuff? <laughs> he, he always, always jumps does. to animals. I know. So, yeah, it was just a, a misheard rhyming line that ended up being the title of the track. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, mishearing rocks, if, yeah. if you ask me. So True. Yeah.
5: It's easier with every show <laughs> at high volume.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Another thing that often occurred to me is um, the, the sort of relative absence of the cover as a, as a kind of genre in, in rap. It's so prevalent in, in, other, in rock and in other forms of music. And I would say, to a degree, it's kind of absent in poetry, even though we read each other's poems um, and stuff. So I thought it might be kind of fun to hear if... Um, if our musicians might like to try to um, cover a poem. And it might be just reading it, and it might be doing something else. So, Dessa.
5: (laughs) I am just reading a poem. But this is a Dorothy Parker poem, and I think it's like a testament to her ability that I love this poem, even though I am a devoted atheist, and I don't really like poetry that scans this is a poem called, The Maid Servant at the Inn. It's queer, she said. I see the light as plain as I beheld it then. All silver-like and calm and bright. We've not had stars like that again. And she was such a gentle thing to birth the baby in the cold. The barn was dark and frightening. This new one's better than the old. I mind my eyes were full of tears for I was young and quick distressed. But she was less than me in years that held a sun against her breast. I never saw a sweeter child, the little one, the darling one. I mind I told her when she smiled, you'd know he was his mother's son. It's queer that I should see them so the night they came to Bethlehem. Was more than 30 years ago. I've prayed that all is well with them. That's That's a horror story. (laughs) And I love that, you know, like the whole, I know that you didn't ask me to talk about this poem and explain it to a room full of writers that already gets a poem, but that's exactly what I can't help but do every time I read that. Like the idea that you have the most uninteresting sort of like tender hearted reminiscence here and that because we have a shared frame of reference, we know that there is someone being publicly murdered at the moment of this reminiscence, and that's the real story. It's like the deepest subtext of any, of any poem that I had run across, so that's why I really like it.
1: Cool, uh, thank <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> okay. And actually, let me, just, let me just show the audience, uh, if you'll indulge us, how it's kind of connected to your own work, because I think maybe if, for example, they hear the first poem in um, A Pound of Steam, there might be some interesting connections. Yeah. Ooh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought of that.
5: <laughs> this is the book that that Eric and I uh, created together for Rain Taxi. This is a poem called "Dear Sir or Madam." We changed your name while you were sleeping. You'll find your new one on the form that you'll receive at lunch. You'll be given a numbered pound of steam and a tool which may reveal its purpose to you or not, in which case it is a hand weight. Please mind it. We regret that we cannot issue another in the event that you misplace it. There will be other people seated at your table. We ask that you cultivate a fellow feeling. Toward the people seated at the other tables, you may develop any attitude you like. Sensation will be almost constant. Patterns will emerge, some significant, some by sheer and simple chance. You'll receive the full agenda at the end of the conference, at which point you'll be asked to exit through the second door and hang your pound of steam on the hook provided.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I hear the connections, right? (laughs) Uh, And Dorothy Parker, I think like, I wouldn't have guessed, you know? but uh, tell us why you why you turned to her maybe I
5: yeah. mean I guess yeah you know, my you know some fascinations that you get when you're an adolescent you kind of grow out of and then some of them hang on you know I think she's an easy I get like why why young women and young writers are attracted to like a plath and a and a parker you know mm-hmm. but yeah I mean even even just at 15 you know reading about this world that she inhabited which was totally run by dudes and she dated a bunch of them and managed to get her stuff published in the, the coolest literary circles, and she was brash and brazen, and like, uh, I like martinis, two at the most. Three, and I'm under the table. Four, and I'm under the host. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> reasons, you know, at 18, you're like, oh my god, yeah. she's so cool. And then, and then later, probably the, po- the, the pages that I would've dog-eared in her collections at 14 are probably not the poems that I would dog-ear now, but... I think she's got like a, like the book The Giving Tree is interesting to children for different reasons than it's, different, than it's interesting for adults, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Because children I think like the, the, watching the pattern of subtraction on each page, ooh, what is the tree gonna lose now, right? And adults, of course, are reading the story of self-annihilation that is their life to their child, for which they are self-annihilating. You know, I haven't slept in four years, and, and this is me, you know, cutting myself away so that you will fall asleep. Um, and I think, I think with Dorothy Parker, like, the reason that you might be drawn in is for the wit and um, the sweet stuff. And the reason that she would stay is like, she really does demonstrate, particularly like in the maidservant at the end, I think there's a legitimate mastery of craft there. Um, So for me, she's been somebody who I've grown with and into,
1: I think. Yeah, thank you, great answer. So POS, some of you might know, has a side project called The Four Fists. And uh, if there are any F. Scott Fitzgerald fans in the audience, uh, they might recognize that title. I thought you might want to talk about that, and I'm betting you maybe covered some Fitzgerald. I did.:
2: I did. Yeah,
4: he's, he's one of my favorites because he makes it so you know, you have language to explain why you fall in love with like every single girl that walks by, because he makes it beautiful and exciting and important to think about all of the beautiful things about every little situation and all of his characters are vapid fools who are, you know, rich or acting rich. Also very similar to hip hop. And uh, he's just, he's good. He's good at like decorative scenes. I love his short stories the most. I didn't like The Great Gatsby until somebody was like, read it again and imagine that Gatsby's black. And, No joke, it made it a way better story. Way more captivating <laughs> and you actually feel for him instead of making, you know, like getting the vibe that he's just some creep, you know? And then uh, I, I love, I could, I could mob through any of his short story books and tell you beautiful lines here and there all over the place. His poetry is not my favorite though. But you suggested a poem and I read it like six times and then I was like, well, if I move these commas around, if I add a the here and of here, if I repeat this and this, it'll be a rap song. And Remix. I mix. <laughs> you, you mentioned covers before. I was asked to cover a Bob Dylan song once, and I picked All Along the Watchtower because it's my favorite one, and then I sat down and was like, wait, this isn't going to work at all. So I had to like break the lines down and make a rap song out of it. Like, where you just take the handful of lines in the song and then just kind of explain who might be having this conversation and who this joker and who this thief are and, like, make, like, a narrative for those guys. I didn't do that with this F. Scott Fitzgerald, though. I just moved some commas around and tried to make it as rappy as possible. We want to hear it? We want to
1: hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is going to be really weird. (laughs) I
4: added, do you guys want me to tell you what I added as I go? Wow. No, just, all right. Then I'm going to tell you before I start. <laughs> I say out two more times than he does. He didn't put the word gallantry in this thing, but he would. <laughs> um, and I changed the order of something and added the word bringing. Yeah, yeah, Some took some words out. Anyway, here it goes. Come out, out, to this inevitable night of mine. Out, out, oh you drinker of the oldest wine. He says new wine, but that doesn't seem as fancy to me, you know? (laughs) Fancy people, fancy parties. Here's pageantry, here's carnival, here's gallantry, the whispering of city night. And I have closed my book of fading harmonies. The shadows fell across me in the park from face to knees. My soul was sad with the violins and trees, and I was sick for dark, and suddenly it hastened me, bringing thousands of lights and a, a haunting breeze, bringing thousands of lights and a, a night of streets and singing, and I shall know you by your eager feet and your pale hair, whisper happy, incoherent things. I'm waiting for you there. I took out like seven syllables out of that thing, but they were all ands and aisles. It doesn't make sense anyway, right? All the faces unforgettable in dusk will blend to yours, and the footsteps like a hundred thousand screaming overtures will blend with yours. (laughs) And there will be more drunkenness than wine in the softness of your eyes as they lay their gaze on mine. Faint violins where lovely ladies dine, the brushing off of skirts, the voice of the night, the lure of friendly eyes, and there, will drift like the summer air, sounds upon the summer air floating up and out of here. All right, that last line, that was mine. And uh, the, the, I don't know, yeah, the floats in the summer air part, that was only once. And then, yeah, just you rearrange any of this stuff and it can be wrapped probably.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
5: I like that that poem wasn't rap until you added the word gallantry. (laughs) Right?
4: Seriously, it was it was rap. It was a three bar, and everybody knows rap works in fours and eights, right? So it was a three bar, and it was like this needs an entire line, otherwise the whole thing's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. Good good eye.
1: Ear. Awesome. (laughs) So you have uh, POS's permission to move commas, add words, and uh, do all sorts of shit. Do it on Rap Genius. Well, we are almost at the time of this investigation. We know we haven't, you know, created any hard and fast answers, but we do hope we've explored some of the fibers and tendrils that connect literature and hip hop. To close us out, though, it just seems crazy that we have two members of Doomtree and two mics. Uh, I feel like we should hear a little spit upella. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We got way more than two
4: mics. You guys can rap too, right? <laughs> He's <Steph, laughs> deaf. Which,
5: which we didn't talk about whether or not we we're didn't do talk the about what we're gonna do. But we are know we that there's the no chorus? beats. So. I know, but are we gonna do the chorus? You can do whatever you want.
4: Yeah, let's do that. Oh, well, you gotta start it then. I gotta sing it.
5: Yeah, but after I'm done. Not yet. Okay, go. <laughs> leave
7: when the snow melts on the first clear night river runs deep walk against it. walk to the southern cross peaks on the west edge of the brown lake at the dredge den ruts in the mud then gravel in a paved one left at the yamaco right at the station first train take the second headed east window seat pretty girl with a gold teeth has a hotel key with your name on it stay on it till the train hits the border in the morning then duck the conductor leave through the back door wait for my sign on the platform smoke on the skyline Welcome to Delphi. They'll come with questions, answer what you can. Everybody knows the new Oracle's at hand.
4: Whoa, there probably ain't another way. And I I walk walk so amazed amazed, and float through every day, day, hoping hoping I don't float away, that I don't float away. Cold world, no blanket. Dark nights, no Batman. What up? I keep a nail in my hands and a hammer on the nightstand. Locked in, no B plan. Keep the mouth shut, let them stay lost. Radio up, radio off. Either no guts or it's so what. Rather read up than trust my neck to the bloodsuck. Full moon, handful of silver bullets. It's high noon all day with these assholes. How soon is too soon to pull it when I doubt they count their paces at all. So high but took a bullet in the wax wing. So fly but didn't get the chance to melt. So tight how when he came down didn't even look scared. Just eased on back into the veld. Probably ain't another way But I walk so amazed Float through every
5: day
7: Hoping I don't float away That I don't
2: float away
1: Thank you all. Thank you all for coming, and uh, we'll be uh, outside at the signing table momentarily. Thanks.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the AWP podcast series. For other podcasts, please visit our website at www.awpriter.org.